You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk and Brexit update on Tuesday the 18th of February. I'm Jane Kavner from our Corporate Treasury Desk and I am joined this week by AIB's Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss the markets. Good morning, John. John, when last I spoke in this podcast, the currency markets were tediously range-bound. But starting with the dollar, which hit a 33-month high early yesterday, might it be fair to say the inertia has finally lifted? Yeah, well, we've seen over the last uh, week to week and a half, all right, a bit more moves on currency markets, because as you say yourself there, uh, for much of the last 12 to 18 months, uh, we've kind of characterised the moves on markets has been pretty range-bound. But uh, in terms of key pairs, the euro dollar is a prime example of of a mover in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, for much of the last year to year and a half, uh, since basically autumn 2018, actually, euro dollar was trading in a 109 to 115 range. Uh, and then last week we broke below that uh, 109 level. And as you referenced there yourself yesterday morning, then to start this week, uh, we were pinned down near the uh, 108 mark. So significant moves there. We also saw moves in terms of the euro against sterling too, uh, out, knocking it out from its recent range of 84 to 86p. And it's trading down close to 83p now. What's driven that? Uh, so there's a number of factors at play here. A bit of it is data, a bit of it is politics, and some of it is just uh, general uh, risk-off sentiment in the market uh, over the uh, since the start of the year. So if we just first deal with that element, uh, I suppose since the start of the year, you could say the dollar has been holding the upper hand. Uh, it's broad-based strength in the currency. So that's tied in with uh, some risk aversion on markets, which has been related to uh, some uncertainty over the coronavirus and the impact that could have. Uh, so the dollar tends to get support supported and tends to get bought at times of risk aversion in markets because it's a highly liquid currency. So that's helped the dollar. Then on the other side, if you look at the data element, if you look at what's happened in the US, the UK and the Eurozone and the contrast in uh, performance, Basically, since the start of the year in the US and the UK, the data has tended to be better than expected, whereas in the Eurozone, it's tended to be weaker than expected. So the mood music out of the Eurozone has been uh, more negative on the macro outlook for the economy, whereas uh, out of the US and the UK, it's been much more positive. So that's been a drag for the euro, uh, whereas it's offered support to the dollar uh, and to sterling because their respective uh, macro headlines and data has tended to be better than expected. Uh, the third element then is, is, is politics. You could say that since the general election in the UK, the UK political environment is more stable. Uh, Similarly, in the US, in terms of where we are now that the impeachment process is over, it's a more stable political backdrop. In contrast, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a little bit more uh, political uncertainty arise in Europe, specifically in Germany, uh, where... Uh, AKK, uh, the leader of the main German party, has decided to step down. Now, she was being viewed as the heir apparent to the Chancellor, Angela Merkel. So it does create a bit of uncertainty as to who is going to be the next leader, uh, the next Chancellor to take over from Merkel in Germany. If you think Germany and Angela Merkel was the key leader during uh, the Eurozone and has been a key uh, leader for the Eurozone over the last 10 to 15 years. That little bit of uncertainty there at the margin has, has also been unhelpful to the Euro. So a couple of things combined have been weighed against the euro and at the same time uh, some factors have come together to support both the dollar and sterling. Great. Um, turning to the charts, John, the markets are anticipating a potential um, drop to 107 with the pair having closed below the significant 108.64 level. Do you feel we may have moved into a lower trading range when looking at euro dollar? Uh, well, it appears that way at the moment because, as I said, for much since last autumn, we were in a 109 to 115, so we've dropped below that now. There is some support for the currency, though, at that 107 level and at the 106. Uh, so over the next while, the currency from a range 
change uh, perspective uh, it may just trade close to where it is at the moment given the move down we've seen over the last couple of weeks unless there's definitively more negative news out of the eurozone uh, it may not push that much lower and it may just settle into maybe a 107 uh, to 111 trading range uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, barring any major negative news from a eurozone perspective okay um, turning to the global interest rate outlook, the markets are pricing in some cuts across the US and UK, which wouldn't necessarily support the current strength we are seeing in the respective currencies. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's a little bit strange because we said there at the start that the data out of the US and, and the UK has tended to be better than expected and in the Eurozone tend to be weaker than expected, which has played out and reflective in the moves in currency markets in terms of the key pairs, euro, sterling, euro, dollar. Uh, and sterling against the dollar. In contrast, though, uh, despite all that, from a futures contracts perspective, and we can look at what the market expects because these contracts get traded around interest rate expectations. If you look at the futures contracts for the uh, Federal Reserve, uh, it suggests that the market's pricing in over the next year, two, probably two more rate cuts from the Fed. And if you look at the uh, futures contracts for the bank rate in the UK, from a Bank of England outlook perspective, the market's expecting or pricing in one rate cut before the end of this year. In contrast, uh, in the Eurozone, the market's expecting at most five basis points of reduction uh, in rates, in other words, in the deposit rate. So you have to look at it, though, in the context of that might be because the deposit rate in the Eurozone is, is already at minus 0.5, so the view might be, well, how much further can they go into negative territory? They're already well into negative territory. But it is a slight anomaly, all right, that, you know, that the market's still expecting that the US and the UK will need rate cuts, uh, whereas the view is that the ECB won't do anything further. In reality, if it does turn out that the US and the UK economies need rate cuts, then the Eurozone will need some sort of monetary stimulus as well, given that that's lagging behind the performance and has been more kind of muted uh, compared to those other two economies lately. So it is uh, a little bit at odds with what's happening in the currency markets. Other key point, though, is that, okay, the markets think that the US and the UK may need some more rate cuts to stimulate growth, but they're not comprehensive rate cuts in terms of in the US it's two, in the UK it's one. So what that tells you is the market doesn't think there's going to be a major global downturn. It just means that the US economy and the UK economies might need some modest easing of policy uh, to maintain their uh, to maintain a growth trajectory there that's uh, consistent with the um, strategies of the respective central banks. And I guess that interest rate gap between uh, the US and the UK and the euro would also support the, the stronger currencies in each case. Yeah, so at the moment, even though the Fed cut a number of times last year, the interest rate differential uh, in terms of US rates versus Eurozone rates is is, is still favouring uh, the dollar against the euro. And it's reflected then, as we said, in, in the fact that, you know, euro dollar has generally been on a downward trend over the last couple of weeks. Thanks, John. Uh, Closer to home, Boris reshuffled his cabinet last week and Sterling reacted positively. You talked a little bit about that earlier. What are your thoughts uh, on this positive reaction? Yeah, so the way Sterling reacted was immediately after the news that uh, the Chancellor was going to be uh, changed, but also the way that Downing Street streams reorganising and taking some of the maybe previous powers the Chancellor had and combining them between Downing Street uh, and the Exchequer. Uh, the market's taken the view that that looks as if that will see increased fiscal spending in the UK and that's a positive in the near term for the UK economy uh, which has struggled in, against Brexit uncertainty. So, you know, increased fiscal spending, if it boosts growth then uh, the markets view that as positive and that's why we saw the reaction uh, in Sterling immediately after that news broke uh, and in level terms, as you say, we mentioned there, we were down, moved down towards the 83p level 
in euro sterling i think a big thing for this year though as we've referenced in previous podcasts uh, for euro sterling outlook will be just how the trade talks develop and that will be the most sensitive and most reactive element uh, to the headlines around the brexit uh, trade discussions between the uk and the eu is uh, just what happens there how they progress and euro sterling will reflect whether it's good news or negative news on that over the course of the next couple of months just remind us again, John, it's June before they'd they'd have to, That's a, it's a June deadline before they could apply for an extension, is it? Technically, yeah, but there's, we our view would be that, uh, that the UK, well, they've said they don't want to request an extension. And even if they did, they'd wind down the clock and probably try to use it as a bargaining position uh, and wait till December uh, if they were ever going to request an extension to it. So their policy and their... Uh, view on it is that they don't want an extension they will leave irrespective of if there's a deal or not in place from a trade perspective at the end of this year so we don't expect them to request an extension by that time frame great thank you very much john uh, thanks for the update and as always a big thanks to our customers colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast to stay up to date with all our latest podcasts please subscribe to aib's market talk and the podcast apps for ios or android we'll talk to you soon Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.